Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's no surprise that Prince was a fan of Jane Child. After a bidding war between 14 labels in which she demanded complete creative control, this Toronto-based artist wrote, produced, and performed every note of her debut album. Her funky pop single, Don't Wanna Fall In Love, skyrocketed to number two on the Billboard charts in 1990, opening the door of endless possibility for this Canadian badass with an unforgettable look. So why are we discussing her on One Hit Thunder? We asked ourselves the same thing. Stay tuned to find out. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed, and you can live off royalties Matt, I'm pretty excited about this one because today we are talking about a true artist in every sense of the word. Dude, like, here's what I'll say out the gate. I did not know this song until you introduced it to me, which seems crazy because now I've heard... You can I've thank heard, me. You can yeah, thank me I was going to say, I love this song. <laughs> yeah. This song's great. Doing research on Jane Child. I'm like, this girl rules. She's yep. she's a badass. I yep. mean, there's nothing else you can say about it, but... 
her career takes a real weird well, turn real early. Well, we'll get to that. Let's start with the very obvious thing that she probably wouldn't want us to start with. Sorry, Jane, if you're listening, we got to talk about the look. <laughs> the look was very notable. And hey, I'm not knocking the look because having a memorable image, I mean, if that's what opens the door to people to be like, whoa, look at her. I w-, and then they check out the music. Hey, I think, I mean... She had to be thinking about that a little bit, right? At least a little bit. There's no way she wasn't, that wasn't at least a little bit in her mind. I've never seen a look like hers. For anyone that's listening that you don't know Jane Child's look at the time of the song, Don't Want to Fall in Love, she has braids down to her ankles, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would say, and then on top and, and spiked on top, but it's kind of like, spiked braids yeah it's hard to explain it's really hard to explain and then she of course has the which i always think about was it was it in like wayne's world or something where someone had the chain that goes from your nose to your ear and someone yanked it there's like a movie where i remember someone yanked the chain somebody's chain god i may have been like a wayne's world movie um but she has like a double chain from her nose to her ear which you know I think that's cool. And this was in 1987. You know, not that people didn't have wild looks in all eras, but hers especially stood out. And regardless of the look, this song, man, it still now, I've listened to it so many times today. Matt Matt is at my house recording episodes and he, he left to go on a sheets run. And when he came back, he heard this song pumping through the house <laughs> and it sounds so good. Everything about this song sounds so good. And what is so cool about that is that she wrote and produced every note of it. Every So so I want to talk about a little bit of how we got there. Okay. Right. So the early years of Jane Child, right? She was taught piano by her parents and both of them were working musicians. And she had learned how to play piano and sing by the time she was in kindergarten. The first album she ever owned was the Beatles Rubber Soul that her dad bought for her so that he could teach her how to write the arrangement for the song Michelle on that album. And she was exposed to funk music when her family would celebrate Christmas in Fort Lauderdale and she would hear local bands playing it on the beach. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't know that Fort Lauderdale had such a funk scene. Yeah, apparently, so. apparently they got a funk scene. At 12, she joined the Canadian Opera Company Children's Chorus, but dropped out at 15 because she applied for a summer job as a keyboardist and in a deadhead tribute band right. and started doing that instead, right? She plays piano for like ballet classes at like piano bars, but most importantly, she's hired to play piano on commercial jingles. While she's doing that, she takes the time in the studio to just record and produce her own music playing every single instrument. And it was those recordings that got her in a bidding war and you told me this between 13 different labels and the reason she signed with warner brothers was that they were the only one who agreed to let her do everything by her own terms yeah which meant being her producer all of it she handled all of it yeah the album comes out in 1989 fully written produced and performed by her excluding some of the guitar parts but everything else is all Jane Child. What a badass to know from that. Like when you're young, you're so um, I feel like you can be so influenced to follow the path that's being suggested by the big record labels, the people with the money, the suits. 
And she just did her own thing in every way and made this song that sounds incredible. I can't stress that enough how, yes, there's this funk, like the low end of this is so funky, yet it's so catchy and so poppy. It's like, it's pretty much a perfect song in every way. Every moment of this song is catchy. Every moment of this song makes me want to dance. It moves me. You and I sat here and watched a reaction video, reaction video uh, where the guy was just from the from the first second. The look on you could just tell the look on his face was like, "Ooh," you know. And then yeah. once once the bass kicks in and the synths and it's just the the low end in this song sounds so good and. Oh, I love the melodies. I love the message. She don't want yeah. to fall in love. No. You know, I it's such that in itself, take the music aside, that feeling of, hey, maybe you are falling in love, but you don't you don't want to because you're gonna have to be vulnerable. You're gonna have to put your heart on the line. It's such a good message for someone who is so headstrong, uh, you know, in in themselves already. Like she didn't she didn't want a label to tell her what to, what to do. She didn't want a romantic partner to to hold her heart hostage or to tell no. her what to do. Every step of the way, I think she's just such a good role model. <laughs> you know, like if you're, especially for a young woman, you know, such a amazing artist. Prince was a fan. If Prince is a fan of you, that's saying a lot. You that know? is, it's... So the other thing that I wanted to talk about is you said something to me when you first played me this song, and you're like, I can't believe you don't know this song. And I said, well, is this something I'd hear in a grocery store? And you said, absolutely. Yeah. And then today, I'm listening to the song, and I was like, you know what? You're right. I probably definitely have heard this song and just subconsciously didn't clock it, because this song catches like... Like it's it is in its own world, and I'm not saying it sounds like any of these songs, but like when I'm hearing that chorus, I like don't wanna fall in love, like baby. I'm imagining like watching a late night commercial where it's like you know the hits of the '80s or whatever, and it's like sure. just sandwiched right in there between like give me a higher love and like <laughs> sure. tell it to my heart, <laughs> like it's yeah, like sure. just in that. Grocery store mega mix. Yeah, it absolutely is. But this song ruled. Uh, he, the guy said it in the video, but it's worth repeating here as well. The only thing that kept this from being a number one hit was that Sinead O'Connor's yep. Nothing Compares to You yep. was just blockading it. Not unlike our uh, every 50 episode rankings where Sinead O'Connor, it's just a force to be reckoned with. It is. But here's the big question. Sinead may have kept Jane from the top spot. But we're getting pretty close to where we have to rank this year's songs. Could oh. Jane uh-huh. take down Sinead? <laughs> it's crazy that Jane might get her second chance. <laughs> I didn't even th- I didn't even think about that because this song is so good. What a moment for strong women with iconic looks. <laughs> you know, like that's is it's amazing. What so what year? Actually, I didn't even. This is 1990. 90. Okay. This isn't even eight. This is, yeah, she probably recorded it late 80s, but this is, this is 90. Yeah. The album came out in 89. Single came out in 1990. Uh, This is how early this came out in 1990 though, Chris. So if you go to Jane Child's Wikipedia page, 
uh, you know, at the very bottom, there's like the reference things like, oh, you might also want to check out this page or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So for her, when you go in, oh, sorry, it's for the don't want to fall in love page. When you go in there under also see is list of 90s one hit wonders. And it's listed in order of when the song was released as a one hit wonder. Mm -hmm. Jane Child is the number one song. Like this was Jane Child is the very first one hit wonder of the 1990s. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Followed by Sinead O'Connor, who we've already done. Right. Here, let's go through all the ones that were in 1990. Let's see how many of the first ones of the year we've we've checked off. Jane Jane Child, Don't Want to Fall in Love, done. Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares to You, done. Mellow Man Ace, we haven't gotten to that one Okay, yet. I don't even know that one. Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby, been there, done that. Yep. Electronic, Getting Away With It. Don't know that don't one. Don't know that one. The Lightning Seeds Pure. Don't know that one. Candyman, Knocking Boots. Oh, oh! I'm thinking of H. H Town had a song called "Knockin' the Boots," but I don't think I know this one. I don't either. think I know that one. D Light Groove is in the heart, oh. which we almost did, and then COVID stopped that episode from oh, happening. Wow! EMF, unbelievable! Oh, <laughs> you know we did that one. Uh, Gerardo, oh. Rico Suave, yep. D and DNA, Tom's Diner. Ah, uh, I don't know if I know that one. I mean, uh, I'm assuming it's a cover of the Tom's Diner that we all know. But there we go. We we're halfway through covering every one hit wonder from nineteen ninety. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh so as far as this Jane Child song goes, this song's amazing. I mean, once it hits the bridge of the song and it has that rising part, <laughs> yes. you know, it's like, oh my God, is it ever gonna stop going? Is the intensity ever gonna stop going up? It's just it's absolutely incredible. You and I watched her perform it. It had to be years later. Oh, it ha- uh, I mean, because Wayne Brady didn't pop off until the late 90s on uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Okay. But Jane Child was on the Wayne Brady show, and she played it with a full band, but she was playing it on grand piano, and Wayne Brady was singing it with her. Yeah. And it's an amazing performance. She's great. It's She's so, so good. And uh, she had a, se- a second single. I think maybe it was... Was it the first single released from the album before Don't Want to Fall in Love, maybe? Yes. Okay. Um, Welcome to something. I'm blanking on the name. Sorry, I was looking up Wayne Brady. So the Wayne Brady show uh, was from August 2021 to March of 2022. Wait, what? Oh, sorry, sorry. (laughs) 2001 to 2002. Okay. So yeah, we're talking about 10, 11 years after the song. She's, She's up there. Rocking some giant ass platform shoes yeah. while she's playing the piano, which looked great. She didn't have the spike on top, and she didn't have the the chain from her nose to her ear anymore. But she did still have very long hair, very very long hair. Yeah. Uh, but the other single that she put out before this one was "Welcome to the Real World." Yeah, which that song's cool. It's it's very much in the vein of "Don't Want to Fall in Love," just not as memorable. No, you know. Definitely don't want to fall in love is the standout track, but I love the style on that album. I love it is Prince influenced. You know, I think that's what I like about it is, is just look, it's one of my favorite things about music and it's where it, dude, it's honestly probably why I can't get into a lot of folk music is because I love that low end, man. You do I love, love the low that end. kick. Obviously I'm a bassist. I love when it's like a thick bass that you can really, I don't know, 
<laughs> sink your teeth into, I, was I guess. Saying, I, was, I didn't want to say sink your teeth into it, yeah. but yes, that is exactly what it right, is. Right, right. I took that from the Punchline podcast, Yeah, uh, the sink your teeth. But it's true. It's like you can, if you're listening to this song in your car, you can feel that bass and it moves you. It moves me, I should say. You know, that, that groove of that song moves me. The melody, her, I love her voice. I love the melodies. I love the message it, of the song. It's, it's passionate as hell. Yeah. She's, she's, you can tell she's feeling it when she's singing. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Watch the music video for this. Watch how, it, I, you know what? I want to show this music video to my band and be like, this is a cool music video because it's, you know, it's a lot of B-roll footage of her like walking around the city looking cool as hell, you know, but it's also a lot of stuff of her in the studio recording like. And showing off that she's playing yes. everything on this recording. Yeah. It's so badass. It is so good. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like I'm really I'm really raining praise on her right now before we go the other way. <laughs> we are going to go the other way well, here soon. So, so I'm sure that you're sitting here and you're thinking, all right, we've got this super talented artist. Was literally looked at as the female prince. Mm-hmm. What could have gone wrong? And well, I think that part of it is that, again, this single peaked in 1990, which meant 
that we were just a year and some change away from Nevermind dropping and the musical landscape shifting. And Jane Child tried to keep up. Yes. Well, one thing I do want to maybe she shouldn't have. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think she should have maybe just stuck to what she did best. (laughs) I mean, this is my opinion and she's an artist and obviously she's going to do what she wants, but, uh, you know, you, we watched an interview with her from Much Music. She's from Toronto, so Much Music being the, I don't know, would you say it's the MTV it's, of? It's a Canadian. It, I I always heard of Much Music, but what made me uh, very recently realize, oh, the, yes, they are definitely the Canadian MTV, is doing the Weird Al podcast. I found out that for three years, he would produce Al TV for MTV and a separate show Whoa. called Much Al. Wow. For for them. That's amazing. So, I mean, they must have, just by that alone, they must have been right. the Canadian equivalent of MTV. Yeah, but we, we watched an interview with her where she was like, I refuse to lip sync on shows. And she's like, and I, I told that you know, they wanted me to lip sync on top of the pops and I wouldn't do it. And it probably cost me a lot of sales in England. Yeah. And so... That could be a little bit of it. I mean, I respect that. That's the weirdest thing in the world to ask a true artist to go up and pretend to play. But I mean, everybody did it. I didn't even real Queen did it. You know what I mean? Like it's not that it's not that crazy that great artists would do that on that show, but she was like, "Nope, I'm not doing that." And I once again, I think that's badass. Yeah. And did that would that extra boost in England have helped her maybe have another hit or maybe extended her career a little bit? I don't know if that one thing is going to make or break, but I know Top of the Pops was a huge thing. So I thought that was noteworthy. Now we're talking two or three years later, as you brought up, Matt, here comes grunge, here comes Nirvana, here comes this new sound. And and Jane Child tried to... I don't know, swerve into that lane. Yeah, the way that it was described uh, on Wikipedia was that she edged herself away from her normal style and tried to mix New Jack swing rhythms with hard rock elements. Mm-hmm. And I could see that in the two songs that we dipped our toe mm-hmm. in, that it was like mm-hmm. it was this darker, like, you know, I'm not saying that she's up there like doing a Nirvana cover or whatever, but the 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 dreary darkness that yeah. that grunge brought into the musical landscape she was aiming for a little bit more yeah here not there was the name of the album the title track she made a music video for it was definitely unlike anything i've heard that's what that's the positive thing i'll say about it the negative thing to the few songs that we'll listen to is yes whereas this don't want to fall in love makes you feel good like it really lifts your spirits makes you feel good makes you want to dance. Uh, and those songs really kind of brought me down. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like it, it kind of more put me in a, a weird mood, you know? And, and uh, that's not what I, I would personally go to Jane Child for. So that first song that we listened to, Mona Lisa Smile, mm-hmm. this is insane, um, was actually written a year prior for the movie Free Jack. Okay. Are you familiar with this movie? No. Never. I feel like I've heard a reference to it. I never looked into what it was. It's a science fiction film starring Emilio Escovez, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, and Mick Jagger. <laughs> and the premise is, in the year 2009, the super wealthy achieve immortality by hiring bone jackers, 
mercenaries equipped with time travel devices that snatch people from the past just prior to their moment of death for for use as a substitute body. Those who escape, however, are known as free jacks and are considered less than human under the law. In this <laughs> dystopian future, most people suffer from poor physical health as a result of the rampant drug use and environmental pollution, making them un- unattractive as replacement bodies. Wow. <laughs> Bone jackers? That's, but, that sounds like that, uh, I think you should leave sketch where, you know, the, the one where the bo- bo- <laughs> the bonies come. Yeah. Uh, Dude, and it, I mean, it, it did bad. It wasn't well reviewed. In fact, on the late show with David Letterman, when Anthony Hopkins came on to promote the movie, just said, the film is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Bone jackers. Yeah, I, 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 I could see that. I, I still think Don't Want to Fall in Love would have been better for the soundtrack. <laughs> Maybe if she had, uh, you know. Well, no one wants to fall song. in love with a bone jacker, no, for starters. Definitely not. Uh, so that sounds pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, and then it was after she released that album that was dark. And nothing like Don't Want to Fall in Love that she got dropped, right? She got dropped from the label and then disappeared, essentially. It wasn't like she recorded a couple one-off songs, but she did not put out her third album until over a decade later. And it was only because she created her own label, Sugar Wave, to put it out. And that's still the last thing that she put out. But there is an interesting tie to Jane Child. And a past guest or past uh, past topic on our show, because in 1990, she was nominated for the MTV Best New Artist Award, but she did lose to someone that we also covered on this show. Do you remember who that was? Ah, 1990, Best New Artist. Uh, geez. Uh, no, I, I don't remember. What if I was Romeo in Oh, Black wow. Michael Jean? Penn. Yeah, Michael Penn beat Ooh. her out for the Best New Artist at the MTV... Video Music Awards. Michael Penn, also amazing. Yeah. Like, these are, like, true artists' artists. These are, like, you know, the band's band version of solo artists. Like, these people are incredible talents. Dude, when I watch Don't Want to Fall in Love and everything about her, her, you know, being a, a producer, a songwriter, an amazing singer, an amazing musician, having a unforgettable look, having a badass attitude being such a true artist it's i think it's like a a real shame that it seems like had she maybe played the game like 20 percent more or something or stuck to that style of music in the face of the changing trend of the time or something that she could have been like an artist she could have been a household name artist for decades yeah i mean she could have been the next prince. Yeah, she could have been. I, I mean, here's what I'll say, and this is a huge compliment, because I don't say this about a lot of the uh, artists that we cover on this show. If you just put this song on on a loop while we were like doing something else in the house. Which I did today. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd get sick of it. Yeah. I'd be like, this song's great. Do you want to know what the last things were that she did career-wise? Because it's been pretty stagnant, but this is interesting. Sure. She appeared on a tribute album called What's Love, a tribute to Tina Turner. Nice. What song do you think she covered for Tina Turner? Oh, is it a big one? Sort of. <laughs> it's a movie soundtrack song. Oh, did she do um, I Don't Want to Fight? 
Uh, she did We Don't Need Another Hero Thunderdome from the Mad oh. Max Beyond the Thunderdome oh. song. It makes sense that she would do a yeah. Thunderdome song, yeah. But then her most recent contribution is that she provides the vocals to the cover songs for the Just Dance franchise. Oh, wow. Okay. Which, so, you know what? I bet that that actually pays a pretty pay. I'm sure that's a good paycheck. Yeah. It's not what I would have expected her to be doing. You know, I, I would have... She's such an artist that I... You know, you'd want more for sure. Yeah, I I would think, but I mean, wh- whatever. If I were her, I would do it and make that money too. Invest that money back into yourself. Yeah, I, I, why not? But I'm just surprised that someone this good isn't doing more. You know, and I don't mean that's it's not a slight against her. I don't know what she has going on in her life. Yeah. Maybe Jane, she's if you're listening, we still love you. Yeah, if we're, if if you're busy doing other things, that's none of my business. I'm just saying you're awesome. That's, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Your Wayne Brady performance, phenomenal. Yeah. Hey, Wayne <laughs> sounded pretty good, too, I got to say. He did sound pretty good, but man, she was crushing it. Was loving it. Absolutely. I love that she was playing a grand... I didn't expect her to be sitting at a grand piano playing this funk song. You yeah. know, I didn't expect that. I would have maybe thought she was just singing or maybe, you know, an instrument she... I, I wouldn't have been surprised if she had a, a synth in front yeah. of her, but to see her sitting down at a full grand piano, I just thought that was awesome. Che- you got to check that out for sure. Yeah, no, that's a top-notch performance. But, uh, I mean, I guess we've we've hit that that time. You, I mean, geez. I usually say that I'm taking into consideration the whole catalog of the artist, but in this situation, as it is the situation, it's probably the situation it was with Sinead. It's this song is so good. Oh, dude, what about the fact that at this moment on the charts, number two was an artist that Prince loved, and number one was a song that Prince wrote? Yeah, I mean, fair. That's crazy. That's pretty insane. That is that's wild. Um, I just think this song is so good that I I got I got to give Jane Thunder. I couldn't I couldn't dream of throwing any anything but Thunder on Jane's name. I think that it's very appropriate that she covered a song from Thunderdome because mm-hmm. I'm also going to throw Thunder. I think that the other songs that we heard off this first album yeah. were good. Yeah, they're good. I, I think this first album's good. And who knows? I I would be willing in my own on my own to sit down and listen to that second album and see because there could be some cool elements, but it, it looked like even critically they were like, hey, I think it's really cool that she's trying something new. Mm-hmm. But like, I think the, the note, the, the one critic said something along the lines of, the songs just don't fulfill or don't elaborate on the ideas that she was conceiving. Like in the sense of like she, where she was going with this seems like a cool idea, but the songs aren't there to back up like blending these two styles. I mean, the the crazy thing to me is that it was only a few years earlier that she released, you know, her, her first album and established this sound and so quickly <laughs> ran away from that sound that she was really good at. Yeah. Like we needed, we needed more of that before she got into her experimental phase. Yeah. She wasn't ready for an experimental phase yet. We Listen, weren't ready for it. She wasn't ready The for first it. album she owned was the Beatles experimental phase. She okay. was raised on experimental phase. Well, she came out the gate with a just absolute pop gem. Yeah. So that wasn't, you know, that's what I, that's what I wanted. She, she took pop music to a place that was that was so i don't know it sounds original to me i mean maybe it's not original maybe it is it's just perfecting a style that I, i don't know that i really like 
This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of the band Punchline and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Getting There is Getting By off the Punchline album Action. Be sure to check out punchlion.com for any upcoming news on the band. Our podcast is on Patreon now. Find us at patreon.com backslash OHT podcast for early access to episodes, bonus conversations, and a chance to vote on future songs for us to cover. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us in your favorite podcasting app, and tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Mike Wiebe, and I'm the singer in a band called The Riverboat Gamblers. And I'm Zach Blair. I play guitar in a band called Rise Against. Mike and I also have a band called The Draculas, and we also have this great, amazing new podcast called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah, each week we're going to ask ourselves and we're going to ask our guests what three favorite things they are into at that moment or in their entire lives. And then we're either going to agree with them or we're going to make fun of them. And uh, you're going to listen to it and you're going to like it or we will make fun of you. How about that? I just flipped it on you, the person listening to this right now. But we're going to do it every week here on the Sound Talent Network. Once again, it's called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.